Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Show Me How Good It Gets. I'm your host, Malvika. Hello, 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 beautiful people. Welcome back. Uh, Do not listen to the end of the last episode where I was like, I'm going to get back into doing this weekly. Um, It's me one month later, but I've been grappling with this idea of just like putting something out every week because I'm on a schedule and then it not being that good and not adding that much value to your lives because then I would feel like I'm wasting your time and my time and that's not really what I want to do. But my new ethos is kind of that every time I feel like doing this or I feel like I have something of value to say or something I want to share, I'll just pick up the microphone and record, which is easy for me. Usually, usually I'm, you know, home alone and I can do this whenever I want. The past couple of weeks I've had guests, I've had college friends, and so I haven't really had the house to myself to be able to do this, but I'm happy to be back. And I have something I think very exciting that I want to talk about today. Um, As many of you know, I moved two months ago, and so I've been dealing with a sense of upheaval lately, which, um, which I've been figuring out how to overcome or sit in in more comfortable ways. And I've kind of brainstormed a list over the past couple weeks that I want to share with you because I feel like it could maybe help someone. I know autumn is always a time of transition for many people. I have so many friends that have moved, I think, in your mid-20s or even moving to college. It's just like such a period of uncertainty and transition and loneliness. Oh my God, we just do not talk about loneliness enough. Specifically when you're moving somewhere where you don't know anyone, don't have any friends like like me in Chicago, it can feel really, really lonely. And there's a couple things I figured out for my first couple months of said upheaval that I have been writing about in my little notebook. And I thought we could go over right now together. First things first, loneliness. I've been thinking about how to feel less lonely. And to do that, I've kind of analyzed when I feel the most lonely. And this is not a new concept by any means, but I think we all know like the power of social media and the power of social media make us feel sad. Like we all know that there's a million studies done that proves this, right? But I also think social media can be a really powerful tool in other ways. So I've been trying to figure out how to negotiate my relationship with it. And what I figured out that a huge part of loneliness for me stems from comparison. And I'll I'll see these people on Instagram, on TikTok, like living in New York, you know, in a really saturated city with a bunch of friends and nightlife and working a job which like lets them go out all the time or lets them have happy hours or travel or you know whatever it may be and I feel I feel I feel really lonely being a like being just in my apartment by myself not having the same level of fun that they are having and of course like again we've all talked about this we all know about this but to kind of combat that for myself I've done two things the first is 
I have this mantra. I keep telling myself comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison is the thief of joy. And I've really started to internalize it because it's just not a feeling that serves me at all to be like, oh my God, if I lived in SF or New York, like I could be, I could be doing this because I'm not there. And I, I chose this life for myself. And I'm, I'm honestly happy with this life for myself. And I think when we get sucked down the rabbit hole of comparison, we forget what we even really want. Because I think about it, I'm like, no, I actually love my PhD program and I actually love what I'm doing here and I feel like I'm meant to be here. And if I was there, I would have that feeling of like, wait, I'm not meant to be here. So that is one thing that really helps me. Just saying that to myself, comparison is a thief of joy. I pinpoint the emotion and then I'm just like, no, I can't be thinking like this because it doesn't serve me and it makes me feel like crap. It really does. And then, and then the second thing is mute people. Like we have, we have the power to mute them. And honestly, like unfollow or block people too. But I, I realize sometimes when it's like your friends or someone, you know, your acquaintances with blocking is hard, but the mute button is magical. And there's so much discourse around like, oh, is it immature to unfollow people? I don't think it is. I mean, this is such a new, like, new decade thing of just, like, unfollowing people marks the end of something. It's just like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to see what you're having for breakfast every morning. Because let's say I'm spending 20 minutes on Instagram a day. I don't need a minute of that to be, you know, you're real about you getting ready, maybe. Like, what? this is an example. But your time is precious. It's your only non-renewable resource. It's the only thing you have a limited quantity of. Why would you waste it on things that make you feel like crap. I don't, this is such an overdone thought and I don't feel like I'm adding anything new to the conversation here, but I swear to you, the mute button is a magical, magical, magical thing. It has changed my life. Um, so that's my big push. And then comparison is a thief of joy. Just like keep repeating that to yourself. Even I, I kind of do this with like the way my body looked this time last year, like comparing myself to my old self. And how clear my skin was and how like long my hair was. And it's, it's just not a feeling that serves me at all because I'm not going to continue to look the same for the rest of my life. I'm not going to continue to have um, like a residential college experience for the rest of my life. So I have to, I have to kind of delete that part of my brain really consciously um, so it doesn't send me down a really wacky spiral. Um, and then the next thing I really wanted to talk about was based off this book I've been reading, which I think has changed the way I'm living my day to day. There's this woman, Fettel Lee, I don't know if I'm saying her first name correctly, who's a designer and a writer, and she wrote this book called Joyful, The Surprising Power of Ordinary Things to Create Extraordinary Happiness. And I saw it and I was like, this is not a book I would normally pick up. I, I, I do not do a lot of self-help kind of books. Um, other than I've read Atomic Habits was the one that I've talked about on here before. But I usually don't reach for something like this, but I had a few minutes to kill. And so I began flipping through it. And she creates such a compelling case for the pursuit of joy. And the whole idea is to put happiness aside, to not pursue happiness, but to pursue joy. And I found this really compelling. So she kind of says, like, happiness is a measure of contentment over time. It's a very temporal thing. Like, what does a state of happiness even look like? It, it feels so abstract and hard to reach, and it's just something our culture is obsessed with and shoves down our throats. Like, from the time you're a little kid, it's like, are you happy or are you sad? It's like very black and white. 
And it feels daunting to say, I'm a happy person, or I'm having a happy year, or I was happy in college. You know, it feels, it feels like kind of a big, bold statement. And she says, joyful moments, they may be fleeting, but they're not necessarily a passive force. Like you can actively weave them into your day, into your life, and make you a more joyous person. Happiness is this broad evaluation about how we feel about our lives. And that requires a lot more, I think, effort than joy does. You know, that's like, how do I feel about my job? How do I feel about the place I'm living in? How do I feel about like my meaning and my purpose? And these really, really scary questions when you actually think about them too much. Like, am I happy? Am I not happy? It feels such like such a daunting question to answer. And it makes me feel like I have to sit there and, and really ruminate on it. But joy is so much simpler. It's so much more immediate. It's this intense, like momentary experience of positive emotion, which sometimes can be easier to tap into, especially when you are feeling like you're in a rut or you're having a bad week. Like if you're having a bad week, the word happiness seems incredibly challenging but telling yourself I'm going to do one thing that sparks joy for me today feels a lot easier, right? Like I'm obviously really oversimplifying her work. She talks a lot about how our culture has a bias towards seriousness and cynicism, coolness and, and distance from things. And we just tend to not play as much as adults versus kids. You know, kids are constantly playing. Kids are constantly looking for joy. Um, they're, you know, constantly very enthusiastic and vibrant and those are the things that bring us joy. And those are things we lose as we tend to grow up. And I, it's not saying that it's not work to bring joy into our lives also. But it is far easier to create more moments of joy and design joy into our days than it is to think about how to make ourselves happier. And that's kind of the message I wanted to pu push forward on here because I know so many people write into me saying I'm in a rut or, you know, I'm, I'm having a bad couple months. And I think the first thing and the easiest thing to get yourself a moment out of the upheaval is find something that sparks joy. So I made a little list of things that spark joy for me and things I've been relying on in the past month or so and I thought I could share. Working in coffee shops, specifically, there is a Phil's Coffee near where I live and it has this one couch and I order a mint mojito and go sit and work on that couch. And it, it feels good for me. It feels great for me. I love colorful workout sets. Anytime I can bust out like a bright purple matching set, I feel so energized to work out. And it's like really the push I need sometimes. I love decorating my apartment. Just seeing, you know, one more piece of art laid out somewhere makes me feel like I'm building a home for myself. I, when it's nice weather outside, take the long walk to class. Um, just so I can walk by the lake because the lake brings me so much joy. On days I'm feeling kind of overwhelmed, I make sure I take five minutes to look out of my window and just watch the sunset. I love patterned socks, specifically socks with food on them. Those Matching those with my outfit makes me feel really good. Um, taking pictures of fall leaves. I, my entire camera roll right now is so cluttered with every color leaf imaginable. Um, and I don't know what I'm planning to do with these images, but I have them and I like them. I sometimes when I am going about my day, think about what dessert I'm going to eat at the end of the day. 
and I like go pick it up or I, you know, that I'm like, that's gonna be my treat once I finish my work. That is awesome for me. Uh, reading in the sun when it's a good day out. Um, choosing which earrings I'm wearing with my outfit and coordinating that. See, just small things like this. And I wanted to do some research into ideas possibly other people could incorporate. So websites online said nature. Obviously, I live in a place where it's going to get cold in the winter, so sometimes I know that's not possible, in which case it said bringing plants inside can have some of those same effects, which is awesome. It said color and brightness, which, just like I said, my colorful workout clothes, just um, people who have like bright red doors or sunflowers in their home, it's just something that can elicit joy very quickly. Symmetry, balance, repeating patterns was said a lot online. And one thing I will say is during the pandemic, my friend Annie and I used to go on long walks together and we called them our therapy walks, which was a huge joy sparker for me. So if you live close to a friend, I highly, highly recommend it. Psychologists have said that there's something about the act of physically moving your body forward, the act of walking, which is so good for you. And then doing that with a friend, you just get to talk and you don't have to look deeply into each other's eyes but there's a sense of your phones are away and you just get to really connect emotionally and I think that's a it's a beautiful part of your week then her book also discusses that experiences of joy are super contagious and helps you recover from stress and helps you build better community because people like being around joyous people so for me as someone who's moved recently I, I really want to be able to lean into that and be someone that people want to be friends with, of course. So I, I just, I love this idea of pursuing joy. It feels doable for me. And if, if everyone's interested in learning more about this, it's a, it's a really good book and talks a lot about just like the cultural aversion to joy, which I find so interesting because joy is often associated with women. Um, it's associated with, you know, vibrant colors, abundance, curves just everything that's kind of related to a feminine aesthetic versus like gray straight lines all of that is like a lot more masculine um so it's often considered primitive or unsophisticated just a lot of things that women like of course um are not given a lot of cultural capital just like pop music and things like that speaking of pop music the taylor swift album okay sorry we're gonna pivot we're gonna talk about the taylor swift album and then i'm gonna continue along with this conversation but I, when it first came out, listened to it, you know, at midnight, and I didn't love it immediately. I was really expecting kind of a folklore, evermore situation, and it was so poppy and rhymy that I, I just, I felt really overwhelmed, <laughs> but now a few days later, I do love it. It's bringing me a lot of joy, again, joy, like a good playlist will do so much of that for me, a lot, a lot of joy. Okay, back to upheaval. Let me rearrange myself in bed one sec. Um... Oh, also, by the way, right now, I'm sitting here with a Dunkin' Iced Refresher, which is also sparking a lot of joy. It's the way a lot of people talk about the McDonald's Sprite that courses through their veins. That is how I feel about the Dunkin' Refreshers. It is the perfect pre-podcast drink for me because it is so sugary and really hypes me up to sit and talk alone into a microphone. Um, podcasting alone, by the way, you guys, is is hard. It makes you feel a little bit crazy. You're just alone in a room really chatting it up with yourself. But I think being an only child maybe prepared me for this very well. Anyways, the upheaval list. Number three is to become a regular. I'm talking have a coffee shop or 
a restaurant that you go to and people start to know you and know your face. I say this because obviously being surrounded by newness can be thrilling. You know, you're surrounded by new people and new restaurants and new smells, sights, sounds. Every day you can discover something new. But as much as I've been reveling in that constant stream of novelty, I like to have a little bit of regularity and routine. So I have certain places that I'll go to on repeat, certain places I'll sit and work at, which start to feel like they start to feel familiar, right? Because otherwise moving can feel like everything is so unfamiliar and that has been really helping me. And then my last thing, which I guess could be separated into two points is say yes to everything and don't wait for the perfect thing. My last living situation was as close to perfect as I could have imagined I was living with my best friends and it was so comfortable that I didn't need to say yes to other things and now I'm having to, which is obviously challenging and uncomfortable, but has served me pretty well. It's rarely been the case where I go somewhere and I regret it. Uh, Even if I'm not having the best time, I'm making connections, I'm, you know, forging relationships or whatever. And I know it's all easier said than done, but know that I'm doing it if you're also doing it and I'm with you. It's, it's hard. It's hard, but things are getting better. Things are starting to feel more familiar for me here. I want this podcast to be a place where I'm validating feelings of incredible discomfort in the postgrad world because as much as people talk about it, I don't think anything prepares you for you know, living life with no guardrails. It's like whenever I went bowling as a kid, I would get those little things up where I couldn't get a gutter ball. And those have been taken away for the first time in my life. And it's terrifying. People I love, my friendships are all far, far away. And that's horrible. (laughs) It's a horrible feeling. I am going to have Maya again on the pod soon because she's visiting me. We're going to be together and podcasting together. And I really want to do an episode on long distance friendships because that has been such a challenge. One thing I'm working on is not texting my long distance friends. Hey, what's up? Or, Hey, how are you? How are you doing? Because those aren't texts that I feel confident in receiving because again, they're so lofty, right? So what I've been doing is in my group chats, I'll send just like a picture of what I'm doing. It's like a group chat, be real or sending um, like a a photo dump into one of my group chats, almost like an Instagram photo dump, but a lot more intimate. Or um, with one-on-one friendships, I've been doing this thing where instead of like, hey, how are you? Or like, I, you know, I'm having a good week. These like really broad things. I'm like, here's this one new pair of shoes I got, or here is um, this one paper, title I wrote or just like this real like if you're going on a date like look at this date outfit or which date outfit should I wear these really specific things that you would talk about if you were in person together just the really boring lame nitty-gritty stuff I think is what keeps the long distance friendships alive and that's what I'm trying to lean into so I guess the theme of this episode is kind of disregard all the big lofty things because often they don't serve you and they just stress you out so much speaking of things that stress me out. I'm now realizing maybe I should not have had this Dunkin' Refresher. I'm really, really hyped up on sugar. But speaking of things that stress me out, I deleted LinkedIn off my phone finally. Yay! Woo! Because it was awful for me. I would just doom scroll on there 
and feel like crap about myself and start tearing up because everyone is so accomplished and talented and that app and platform in general is just used to you know flaunt what you're up to which which can be good in a lot of ways but also I was just realizing made me feel so bad about what I was up to which which I shouldn't like I'm I'm a PhD student which was been, which has been my dream for so long and now I'm doing it oh my god that's another thing is practicing a level of gratitude one of my friends is actually applying to PhD programs right now and is in the application process and as she's reading her application to me and talking about the interview process and how stressed out she is, I have to keep reminding myself I'm so grateful I'm on the other end of it. It's just such a catch-22 because once you get something, you're, you're looking forward and you're looking at the next thing that's about to stress you out and you never really get to be present and be like, oh, I'm so happy I'm here. Um, so I'm trying to do that a lot more. Just think about yeah, life right now is a little bit difficult, but it was so much more difficult when I was applying and had that degree of uncertainty setting on my head. So it feels better than that. And of course, that's not to say I don't still have uncertainty. I guess that's a normal part about life and growing up. Um, yesterday in, my, in one of my classes, we had a speaker come in who was awesome. By the way, I've loved every single speaker I've had in grad school so far. And he was telling us about how after a PhD, you can go into industry or go into academia. Industry is often research labs and such, and academia is getting a faculty position at a different institution. And he was talking about the pros and cons of both, and specifically his experience in both, because he now works in academia and used to work at Coca-Cola Research. And he was talking a lot about how in industry, the research focus is the what, he was talking about how he spent a year looking at different colors of a logo and how that would impact sales and how they looked on billboards. And, you know, if, if we move this person to the left of the billboard, how do people react versus the right of the billboard? How do people react? And it was, it all kind of came down to the financials of it and driving profits. And then he said he moved to academia and his research questions weren't only the what, they were also the why and how and when and for who and how do we change it and how does it impact the world and he got to really look at things through multiple through multiple lenses and I thought that was magical that he could distill down those two paths so beautifully and so I'm thinking a lot about that now you know which path I want to take post-grad 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 so post-graduate school grad and there's so many options, but I, I don't feel bogged down by them just yet. I don't feel jaded. I feel very excited about having all these options, and I feel really lucky to be where I am. If anyone's listening who is thinking potentially about getting a PhD or going to grad school and feels really curious and feels like maybe there's a gap in their education that they've been meaning to fill, I'm having so much fun. I'm loving grad school, so... Maybe this is your sign. I don't know. I did not know a lot about grad school when I first joined. And I didn't know if it would be the right move, move for me. But I feel so fulfilled here. Maybe the most academically fulfilled I've ever been. And I'm just, I'm really happy. I think this is everything I had for this episode. In the next couple episodes, I'm planning on having guests on, which I already have scheduled. So they will absolutely be dropping. And I'm really excited about 
I'm going to cover a little more about loneliness in your 20s. I'm going to do a body image episode, which I know I've been teasing for a little bit, but I finally found a guest I feel really excited about doing that with. I want to have a finances episode that I've not scheduled. Um, and I have a couple of friends that I'm, I'm really excited about potting with. So these are the things in the works. I have one friend who is in tech VC, and she's going to come on and talk about her experiences as a woman of color in that field, which is so cutthroat um, and terrifying. But yeah, I, I feel rejuvenated, actually. I'm recording this right now because a girl posted about my podcast on TikTok talking about it, and it brought me to tears. It made me feel so reinvigorated and re-inspired. So if you ever want to do that, I'm just putting that out there. I love seeing people talk about my podcast on public platforms. It makes me really happy. So if there's new guests, welcome. Oh my God, I didn't do a welcome at the beginning. I'm bad at my job. What can I say? Um, yeah, thank you guys for joining, for listening. This was a much chiller episode or maybe a lot more hyper. I think I drank too much sugar, but I'm laying in bed talking to y'all and it feels, it feels intimate for me. Does it feel intimate for you? <laughs> All right. See you soon. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. That's a wrap. Thank you guys for hanging out with me and listening to this week's episode. If you want more, follow at Show Me How Good It Gets podcast. I read all the DMs I get on there. And then my personal Instagram account is at MalvikaBot and my TikTok is at MalTalks. If you're listening on Spotify, please leave us a rating, preferably a five star rating. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, um, I hope you can write us a fun little review and write us there as well. Um, once again, thank you guys for hanging out. See you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.